Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome in, everybody, to the OBR Newswire podcast. It is your Thursday, May 14th edition. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We're coming at you uh, with with plenty to discuss about hypothetical um, the future. I mean, listen, all these podcasts we've done have been hypothetical because there's so much uncertainty, even with the guys that have been picked. Um, we're going to keep going down the hypothetical train here in terms of looking at We don't even have any any rookie mini, you know, OTAs or mini camps or anything. We don't know anything about these guys. We also don't know where the league is going in terms of whether they're going to play this year, um, and especially even more, uh, I guess the way I would put it is up in the air, is the college football season, which we will get to that as well. Before we jump over and chat with our guest today, I want to thank our two sponsors, Blue Chew um, and, and BetOnline.ag, both of which have the promo code using BlueWire available at their websites. Blue Chew, the ultimate for male enhancement if you are struggling in that department. Free physician's visit and the ability to get online packaging uh, shipped straight to your door in discreet fashion. So you can get that shipped straight to your door. Nobody has to know about it. It's free for your first uh, official order. $5 for shipping is all you have to pay. BetOnline.ag then has the offer of a welcome bonus that you can use in their poker or blackjack rooms that are open 24 hours a day. Uh, or you can use it on Madden 20 simulations or whatever you want to do to make some money. That's BetOnline.ag. Again, using the promo code BLUEWIRE. So again, we're going to shift over to the hotline. I'm going to bring in Stephen Thomas. He's our draft expert here, uh, Mr. Brown's Daily Mock on Twitter. Um, he is working with us at the OBR and has done fantastic work over his first, man, I don't know, the, these days all run together. I think it's been a couple weeks, maybe three weeks. He might have been working <laughs> with us for a year. I don't even know at this point. Two, it's two all, and a half it's, years, Jake. It's, I've been there all, two and a half years. It's all running together, man. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna welcome you in, and I'm gonna start you off with a really interesting discussion. Look, there was the Seahawks nonsense that happened earlier this week about um, a Miles Garrett rumor and and all of that stuff that got blown out of proportion over a silly Reddit post um, that was clearly a troll job, and it ran because there's nothing else to talk about. They're, we're losing any fresh content to have discussion and Twitter's becoming an oasis because of this we're just we're literally running out of things to talk about and it's just mundane day after day same thing after same thing today was actually pick on Baker Mayfield day but nonetheless when we think about Miles Garrett the the conversation of pass rush against pass coverage comes up and how important a, a defensive end is to your defense and your winning percentages and your, uh, you know, the war metrics, the wins above replacement, all of those things come into play. And there are people who are far smarter than myself who break down the numbers. I will ask you this question in a hypothetical uh, hypothetical sense. Somebody comes to Cleveland this offseason before Miles signs his big extension and says, hey, we will give you an identical trade to the Khalil Mack trade uh, of a few years ago when Oakland offered a first and a sixth in the 2019 draft and a first and a third in the 2020 draft. We'll offer that to you for miles, but we'll actually make it a first and a fourth, and we'll make it uh, a first and a fourth in 2021, and a first and a third in 2022. No. Would you ever, in your, oh. you know, in this sense, yeah? I mean, if it's no, explain. Just, I just kind of like, <laughs> I'm interested because 
It, there are some people that are on the opposite side of that spectrum who think that that is really great value for one player. So no, I'm interested if, and I have my opinion. I'll share after yours, but I want to hear what you think about it. Uh, the short answer is no. Uh, I mean, what it would take for me to give up Miles Garrett at his age and what he's already done and what he can still become, and uh, what you can see over decades of what someone at his position at with his ceiling can do for your team um what someone would have to offer they would never offer i mean we're talking you know herschel walker type stuff which yeah i mean it's ridiculous i mean so um, nobody you know nobody's untradeable let's put it that way but uh, even bob wouldn't offer what you know uh, it would take for me personally to give up miles garrett i mean any football coach at any level um, and the best of the best in the history of the NFL, when you ask them, you know, give me your, you know, three most important things about, you know, winning a championship blah, blah, or however you want to phrase it. One of the first few things, if not the first thing, depending on the guy that comes out of their mouth is make the other quarterback uncomfortable or something similarly phrased, knock him off his spot, get to him, make him move, you know, get him out of rhythm, however you want to phrase it. Making the guy for the other team who throws the ball not do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, and basically make him fear for his life every time he takes a snap and drop back is always right in the, you know one, two, or th- third most important things uh, that that any coach will tell you if you want to have a winning and championship football team. And right now, you just won't convince me there's anybody better than Miles Garrett on the edge in this game right now. Um, are there people that are close to, I'm not saying he's far and away, you know, it's not LT in his time. That's not what I'm saying, but you're not going to convince me that somebody else is just light years better than him. And, you know, you can find a guy like that and it just doesn't, it doesn't exist. I'm sorry. So, and especially with the current situation, I mean, like you had alluded to with the COVID situation, so much uncertainty, we don't know if there's going to be a season. We don't know if there's going to be a draft. We don't know. We have no idea what's coming up. So to trade away one of arguably your best player, it's either him or Baker Mayfield, if you believe in Baker Mayfield, and one of the best players in the league, I I cannot see a realistic scenario where someone would offer me what it would take for me to say, sure, here's Miles Garrett. So, you know, that, like I said at the beginning, that's a long-winded way of saying no. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think... The thing that I come back to is we would we would look at this trade happening now and somebody coming to Cleveland ahead of his second contract, which will be a big contract, is, you know, are they are they willing to separate with the only player on the roster that I think has proven to be an elite talent, right? Like I think, right. So like I'll hear out Chubb. I mean I'll listen to it. He's an elite player at his position, sure, but that position's not valued monetarily, like say, corner with Denzel Ward is quarterback with Baker Mayfield or, or edge with Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett has proven to be the only real solid, I think you could say, elite superstar that you could look at over the next five years and say that guy's going to be really good for us, one of the best at his position. We think Baker can get there. You think Denzel can get there. That's all fine, but you don't know. So right now I would have a really hard time not giving Miles that lucrative extension and not entertain and I would not entertain a trade for him right now because I need you need players you you know you can trade and rebuild and do all that stuff as many times you I mean like eventually if you want to win you need players so to me like any discussion of a trade of Miles Garrett to me is just it's not happening I just don't see it happening it's not going to come to fruition so we're going to move on from it I just was interested in your opinion and um 
I think a lot of people have the immediate no opinion, which is uh, which is fair. But I think there are a lot of people who maybe pay attention to value of draft picks and that kind of stuff who would say maybe it's a little more discussion-worthy than we think at this point. So I'm always willing to hear it out. We're going to shift to the supplemental draft. I don't think enough people are talking about this, Stephen, and I'm fascinated from the Browns' perspective because they have 10 picks. And I do certainly think they kept an right. eye on what is coming with this football season. California shutting down, eliminating you know fall classes. Uh, for the upcoming year, there's clearly not going to be football involved there unless something just changes, which I'm not – money's involved and the government's involved. I'm not saying that can't happen, but um, it, it's trending that direction, and more more conferences and more schools could follow suit with this situation. So then it becomes players who say, I have uh, officially uh, one year left. I have lost that year of eligibility due to my team – you know, not having a football season, so I am now eligible. And if you don't know, that's how you're eligible, whether suspension, whatever. If you lose your last year of eligibility, you're, you're eligible for the supplemental draft. And if you're in the supplemental draft and the team takes you, that team's pick is used in the next draft on that pick. So, if the you know, the, the Browns took, what, Josh Gordon in the third round uh, all those years ago. What was it, 2014? I can't even remember at this point. 2015, whatever it was. It could have been 2013. Hell, it's been it's been a long 2012, time. 2012. Jesus, 2012. 2012, second round. They lost the next year's draft pick in the second round. So you're using it. That's why it's interesting to me that the Browns, um, you know, had uh, have 10 picks and they traded and got an extra pick in the third round and all that stuff. So if you're looking ahead at which prospects are the most fascinating, um, the two top-tier quarterback prospects, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are both ineligible, only two years out of their graduating class. Um, but there are other really big-time names that are available um, should this all come to fruition, right? Like you know, Alex Leatherwood and Dylan Moses and Marvin Wilson. There are some big names. Anyone that particularly you think could make this leap and it would have your, you know, you'd have your eye on him right away? I mean, we could see some guys go in the first round, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like you said, they have an extra three, an extra four, and an extra five. Um, and it's, it's not done like a regular draft. They're not even set up in the same order. Uh, they're, they're put into groups of three different groups and then there's like some kind of lottery system with it. It's like non-playoff teams with six or fewer wins are in group one and then non-playoff teams with six or with more than six wins are in group two and then the playoff teams. And then there's some kind of lottery within each of those groups. So you don't even know the order of the teams. And then it's not like you watch it go by, you know, it's not like teams are on the clock or anything. You blindly put in a bid before any of it starts. You have to say if, you know, let's pick a guy. Dylan Moses is there. The Browns wanted to use one of their third-round picks. They say, we're bidding a third-round pick on Dylan Moses. If, you know, somebody else, if Pittsburgh bids a second-round pick, well, then they get him because that's the highest bid. Or if someone else in the third round that's ahead of you in the order bids one, but you don't know that going in. It's not like, you, you know, you can see Pittsburgh's on the clock in the second and they pass. And, okay, good. Now we can wait because none of these other teams are going to take them. It's a very strange process. It's, it's a very weird thing. But the fact that they could conceivably pick up three more players and still have their full allotment of picks for next year's draft, if and when that ever happens, makes it a fascinating uh, thing to sit and talk about. Because like you said, normally the rules are, excuse me, that you have to be, you have to only have one year of eligibility left. But with what's going on now, and if they go ahead and cancel the upcoming season, or at least it's truncated to a point where some teams play and some teams don't or whatever, like you said, you, you have to wonder if some of these redshirt sophomore guys uh, or regular junior guys or whatever, anybody, somebody that has two years left, 
might, you know, grab a lawyer and say, hey, look, it's, you know, an unprecedented situation. You got to let them do this, you know, whatever. So uh, and then maybe the redshirt junior guys, uh, you know, um, um, uh, Tufele out in uh, USC or Jalen Twyman at Pitt. Uh, I know there's a couple other guys that are redshirt juniors. So technically they have two years of eligibility left, but they're also three years out of their graduating class in high school. So it's that gray area, which is interesting. Um, Marvin Wilson, obviously, Dylan Moses, uh, one of those guys. You look back at the the guys in January that you know we were you know quote unquote shocked that they went back to school. Those would be the first guys, the Travis Etiennes and the Chuba Hubbards and and those guys. You know, obviously, those would be guys that you would look at. Maybe not in the Brown situation. I'm not saying running backs in particular. I'm just saying that's the first group that you would look at. But then you also look at the guys that are high up on the list. Uh, the the way too early boards for next year that are, are you know seniors or redshirt seniors. Uh, 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 Paulson Adebo uh, is a guy that I would look at. Cameron Bynum, a cornerback out of Cal, who I think is a little under the radar right now. Um, uh, or Andre Cisco or Trayvon Morig from uh, TCU. Elijah Molden at uh, uh, Washington is a guy that I would be very interested in. Colby, uh, Colby Harvell Peel, guy not a lot of people for some reason know about uh probably because he's in the big 12 and you know big 12 the defense is a rumor in that conference but i mean the guy had uh, i think seven interceptions and 12 times that you could easily make the case that yeah that's worth it um and then if like i said if they if they make some exceptions or i don't even know if that's the right word if they if they alter the rules because of the current situation and more guys get in then there's, I mean, there's a ton of guys that um, you you would want to get them now um, because now you have recent tape and and it's before they've taken a whole year off because you don't know what they're going to be like in a year. You know, they right now they've only been off for a few months and they've still had some sort of semblance of normalcy in their offseason workout routine and everything, and not spring practices or anything, but. You know, guys like an Elijah Vera Tucker is a guard uh, at USC that I would be really interested in, or uh, um, um, maybe Jalen Twyman uh, out of Pitt uh, had like 12 sacks or something last year, just exploded onto the scene. Or Patrick Jones, another guy from Pitt. That Pitt defense, man, the Pitt defense, the TCU defense, and um, USC are, are just loaded up this year uh, with guys that are just so interesting at this point. But yeah, uh, Andre Sisco, I think I mentioned him before. And and then there's the guys, uh, like you said, Dylan Moses, who missed all of last year, <clears throat> excuse me, with an injury. And uh, another guy that I know we both like, and our uh, mutual friend Jeff Lloyd loves, uh, Hampson Nasserdine, uh, the uh, the safety hybrid guy out of Florida State, that would be super, super interesting, uh, that probably could have come out this, this year, but they had injuries. And so, you know, before anybody knew what was going on, they went back to try to raise their stock. So... Yeah, it, it's still a couple of months away if it happens. It usually happens the middle of July, like July 10th or July 12th or 14th or something like that is usually around when the supplemental draft happens. Um, so it's still a ways off. And by then, hopefully, we'll have a better understanding of what will and won't happen this fall uh, across the country. So, But at this point, it's a, it's at least something interesting to look at and think about and talk about because, like you said, have, there's nothing else going on right now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that I would be interested in. And since they do have the extra picks, it's, it's fascinating to think about. Yeah. One of the few things we have to continue to think about a lot of, a lot of great names in there. If you're interested in them, I'm sure over the coming few weeks and months here, Stephen will be breaking those guys down in terms of having them in his mock drafts and can provide some insight on them. And if it gets close and we start to notice that there's a bigger trend of these 
you know, schools pulling out of college football, which it's, it is it is very much on the table right now. If we notice them doing that, and I'm sure the NFL will, there might be some adjustments to how this whole process goes and uh, granting some guys eligibility who would not normally have had it because there's no football season this year for them. Uh, it seems like the NFL is dead set on having a year um, hell or high water here, and that that's the difference. College football seems to be taking things much more cautiously. So that's where we'll be paying attention closely, and we will have more content as the time comes. And uh, I just wanted to have this chat because I think it's pertinent to, to so much news that's going on right now with uh, with California and, and some, some states that might follow suit. So, again, check Steven's feed. He's going to have more of this stuff as time comes. And, uh, you know, every day you get a mock draft, every day you get exposure to players that you've maybe not heard of, and you can search them and figure out a little bit about these guys ahead of time and overall be smarter football fans. So I appreciate Steven for coming on and uh, giving us that insight. Thanks, buddy. Anytime, my friend. I'm sure we'll talk again with, you know, something else hypothetical that happens. <laughs> It's all. I mean, time's a, time is a flat circle right now. So we'll just uh, we'll just keep we'll keep rambling. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, always appreciate your your loyalty in terms of jumping on and following the YouTube channel, the podcast, all the above. We will continue to have more content. Um, you know, Browns related. Looking forward as best we can, while looking back at the same time in a challenging time to write and a challenging time to stay engaged. And hopefully, we're giving you a little glimpse of uh, enjoyment about football season because it does does feel like the, the NFL is going to happen, so we will keep grinding away here at the OBR. Again, thanks for joining us. Till we chat next time, go Browns.